Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Janice. I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm always excited to get on here and encourage you guys to get into the Word of God and just speak to you about what God has been showing me and kind of the theme of my life or my heart during whatever season I'm in. And so we're going to be kind of bouncing all over scripture today because I've got a message I'm excited to release. And even as I was flipping through my Bible and writing down some verses to make sure that I give you guys the correct references. I'm just like, I'm like bouncing up and down in my chair. So excited to release this episode to you guys. So we're going to be, like I said, all over, but I'm going to go ahead and start in Matthew 7, verse 7, and I'm going to read through 12. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So I want to quickly look at verse 9 and 10, even though I'm going to be more so in the verses prior to that. But I love that God has just been showing me like when I'm praying for something and I'm believing for something, especially something like I know that he has promised me or shown me and maybe I'm just waiting for the timing of it or whatever, to actually expect that he is going to answer, that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask, think, or imagine. And so when I'm asking for bread and I'm praying for bread, why am I expecting him to give me a stone? And I think I can say that because I prayed those that way so many times where I prayed in a certain way, but yet my expectancy is like, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up too much that for whatever it is, even like right now, I'm praying about my book release and believing for pre-sales and sales with that. But I do wrestle at times when I'm praying for that with thinking, you know, what if, like, don't get your hopes up. Like, what if the book doesn't sell as well as you want it to? Or what if this? Or what if that? And God has continually reminded me of a verse that's in Romans, and it says, hope does not disappoint. And we, we're people of hope. We have the God of all hope living inside of us. And when we pray, we should pray with expectancy and pray that God will answer our prayers in, like I said, those ways that are exceedingly abundantly above And he has shown himself to me so many times over and over and over again. So faithful, so faithful to answer my prayers in ways that I'm like, I didn't even know that your answer could be this good. I wouldn't even have known to pray like this specifically for this answer you've given me. And yet still I find myself in moments where I'm praying for bread, but expecting a stone. And I love that he just lovingly reminds us that When we pray for bread, he's given us bread. And it's almost like I have this vision in my mind of like, I'm praying for bread. And it's like the cheap (laughs) 
cheap off-brand sliced bread, which whatever, if that's what you like to eat, that's fine. But yet God shows up with this like delicious oven baked fresh like Amish bread. It's like way better with the peanut butter syrup because hello, that stuff is addictive and it's so good. The marshmallow peanut butter fluff yumminess. But that is like in my mind what I picture. It's like I'm sometimes praying for bread and I'm just asking for the bare minimal, the off-brand nasty bread and expecting a stone, but yet God shows up and he gives me the best of the best because he loves me and it's the same for you. He loves you so much and he doesn't want to just give you the bare minimal, the 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 bottom of the barrel type answers to your prayers. And I wasn't even planning on sticking in these verses for that long, but I feel like that needs to be communicated and understood that we do have a good father. And I even think about the prodigal, and I'm going to go off on a tangent for a bit, and then I'm going to bring it back in. But I think about the prodigal son and how he left. He demanded his inheritance earlier and early, and he left home and he squandered it with prostitutes and living in the world, just like things that, you know, would make your face turn red. And to the point where he ended up eating with the pigs and just finally, I don't know, came to his senses and was like, I'm going back home. And he decided to trek back home, expecting that he could at least be a hired servant for his father, to go back home, be a hired servant, do the whatever he had to do to return home, but not expecting that he would be embraced or welcomed and definitely did not expect to be considered a son anymore because of his poor choices and and all that he had done and what happens we all know the story he comes back and the father sees him from afar the father had been waiting and anticipating the return of his son and when he came back he didn't hire him as a servant he didn't ask him to go work out in the fields or whatever no he put his very best robe on him. He put sandals on his feet and his signet ring on his finger, which if you ever get a chance to look that up and the symbolism of those things and what that means with like our heavenly father, do that because it just shows you like he's a good father. And I love the scriptures that say he's not counting our sins against us. And he casts our sins as far as the East is from the West. When we repent and turn away from our worldly ways and come back to him, that is how he treats us. He doesn't hold those things against us and hold those over our heads. That's the enemy, the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that does that. And sometimes our flesh will do that and constantly want to remind us of who we were before Christ. But we know that the Bible says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And so when we live in that constant mind frame of like what I've done in my past and who I once was or whatever, we have to remember that that person doesn't exist anymore. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And I love the verse that says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so that is what I am always reminding myself whenever I'm struggling with things in my past or whatever, like I am hidden in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm his daughter. I belong to him. He clothes me with robes of righteousness. His signet ring is on my finger and I'm wearing his sandals. And And we also know that when the prodigal came home, he threw a party, God celebrated, and it just so much could be said about that. So anyway, just to wrap that part up, just 
knowing that God is a good God. When we come to him, he has good things for us. And you can read the New Testament and the Old Testament, read the Bible and see that over and over again. And I just want to encourage you to build your own personal relationship with God and not take teachings of men and religion and even other people's experiences with God and make that your experience because God has an intimate walk that he wants to to have with you. God wants to have a personal relationship with you and that isn't going to look like everybody else's. And we need to know what the word of God says because men can corrupt teachings. Men can just filter through their own experiences and things and it sometimes gets communicated things about God get communicated that aren't accurate. And that's such a dangerous thing. So I encourage you to get into the word of God, to learn what the heart of God truly is, and to experience that for yourself. So I want to go back. I want to really park in verses seven and eight, where it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And him who knocks, it will be opened. So this, these verses have been so on my heart the last few months, like over and over again. And last week or whenever it was that I was at a prayer night um, within the last few weeks, God was really showing me to share this verse with the women that were there and to encourage them to persistently ask. It it was time to start asking, to, to ask like we've never asked before, to seek like we've never sought before, to knock like we've never knocked before, and to expect that God is going to give, that we are going to receive, that we are going to find, that he is going to open those doors for us. And man, that is such such a good message. And that is what I want to do. I want to be obedient to that, to, to actually ask and seek and knock and expect that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. So I want to look, I want to break down the ask, seek and knock a little bit. And um, I, I just want to start out with saying that those words are continual words. That's not like a one-time ask, a one-time seek, a one-time knock. Like those are continue. like we should be continually doing those things. And I have a few verses that support both all three of those, but I want to first read the definition of persistence. And then we're going to look at a parable and it says continually, firmly, or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. And some of the synonyms, if you're a word nerd like me, Um, tenacious. I love that word. Tenacious, purposeful, resolute, tireless, unwavering. Um, and then the second, the second definition is continuing to exist or endure over a prolonged time. So being constant, continuing, um, nonstop, steady, endless, relentless, like, oh, I love all these words. Um, so I want to throw those out there as I'm going to get into some more verses that kind of break down the ask, seek, and knock. And um, okay, so we're going to start with, we're going to start with the ask. And I'm going to go to Matthew 21, 22. So if you hear me flipping the pages of my Bible, I literally, I feel like I have the best Bible in the whole world. I love my study Bible. I spent a lot of time um, several years ago in the Christian bookstore back when that used to be a thing sitting down with like in the study Bible section, knowing like, I want a Bible. Like I had had a few different ones and just, and I like them. Okay. But like, I just wanted like a really good study Bible. And I love this Bible. Um, I guess I should tell you what it is in case you care. It's the woman's study Bible. And I know like several of my friends have this Bible now and they all love it. It's such a good Bible. 
So, okay, Matthew 21, 22 says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believe you will receive them. So when we ask God for things in prayer, we should actually believe that he's going to answer us. And there is verses in James that talk about like sometimes when we ask for things we don't receive. And honestly, some of God's best answers are no. But when we're in fellowship with him and we're communicating with him, and that's a two-way street, that's a dialogue, not a monologue, where we're allowing him to speak to us, we're allowing him to mold and shape our desires. When we know that something we're praying for is God's heart, we can actually expect that we'll receive it. And one of the things God has really been reminding me so much of during this season is to not pray double-mindedly. To When I pray, to actually expect that God is going to answer. When I'm praying in doubt and unbelief, like, what good, why bother even praying? We know that the word of God says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I want my prayers to be pleasing to the Lord. Like I think about in Revelations where it talks about the, the, the smoke that goes up in the throne room and how that's like the prayers of the saints. And I'm like, I've thought several times, like, I want to get to heaven and I want to hear them say like, wow, you filled this room with the fragrance of your prayers because you are always praying. Now, granted, I am not someone who is always praying. I am very passionate about prayer and I love prayer, but I'm not always praying like I want to be. But that, but that is my aim and my goal and my desire is to be someone who is passionate and persistent in prayer and someone who prays in faith that I actually believe that God's going to answer when I pray because he loves me and he's good. Okay, now I want to look at John 15, 7. So flip into there. Okay, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I love that. I love that. And there's a scripture that says um, that he gives us the desires of our heart. And I know this has been taught a million times, but just to say it again for maybe someone who hasn't heard it, that doesn't mean that everything you desire, God's going to give you. He's going to give you everything you want. That actually means when you're in fellowship with him and relationship with him, he, the desires that are in you are his desires. He gives you desires that are in alignment with what he has planned for you. And that's such a beautiful thing because I want to live out God's perfect will for me. And I pray that so often, like, God, if I'm desiring something that isn't what you actually desire for me, change my heart toward this matter. I want to be passionate about the things that you're passionate about. I want to, I want to desire the things that you desire for my life. And that really just comes out of a trusting and loving relationship with him. I've walked with God for, gosh, what is it, 15 years now? I feel so old saying that, but <laughs> it's been like 15 years. This is crazy. 15 years now walking with the Lord and he is so good. Like I look back over my journey with him and I gave my heart to the Lord and I just, like I already said, like he's so proven himself over and over and over again, faithful to me and so kind and loving and, and because I have this relationship with him that is unwavering and it's a deep relationship. I've, I've just, yeah, I trust him. I trust that when he says no, that it's for my best. And I don't want to go to the left if he's calling me to go to the right or to the right if he's calling me to go to the left. I want to go where he's called me to. I trust that he is ordering my steps and that where he's calling me to, 
he is going with me and um, it's the best plan for my life. And so I just trust him. All right. Now I want to look at seek. Seek, seek, seek. I'm going to Matthew 6.33. And it says... But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So I love that. I'm going to read verse 34 too, because I think someone needs to hear it. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's such a good one for this season of life we find ourselves in when we're so consumed and caught up in like what's ahead and what's around the bend. Like God lovingly reminds us, don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on today because... When we are stressed out and worried and anxious about tomorrow, which is actually sin because the Bible tells us be anxious for nothing. So when we're anxious, that's actually sin. That's being disobedient to the word of God. And trust me, I do it. And I have to repent and just lay all those things down that are bothering me. But to not worry about tomorrow, that God God is so good. He knows that in our human our humanness that we are going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to think about preparing for tomorrow and what should I do for tomorrow and and just it can really stress you out and he's like just lay that down don't worry about tomorrow it's got enough problems of its own focus on today because God has things he wants to do in and through us today and I think it's so easy to constantly live for what's next to constantly live for tomorrow and I have to rein my mind in all the time to just focus on today like God what do you have for me today what do you want to reveal to me today? What do you want to speak to me today? Who do you want me to minister to today? Who am I supposed to impact today? What am I going to learn in your word today? And so anyway, that's so good. But back to verse 33, which was the main point, seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness. That is so good to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he promises everything we need. He gives us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And the verse right before that says, for your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. He knows what we need. So when we're praying and we're, we're, we're laying out our needs before him and telling him what we need, that's not a bad thing. He wants us to be in fellowship with him and in communication with him and to share everything that's on our hearts with him, but to also know that he already knows. And he wants us to just seek his kingdom first, to seek his righteousness first. What is that? What does that look like practically? For me, I would say seeking first his kingdom is spending time in his presence, spending time in the word, spending time in prayer and seeking him about what do you want me to do? Like I kind of just said, what do you have for me today? What what am I supposed to be doing for the kingdom? And sometimes it's it's not even about what we're doing because I'd never, ever want to communicate that our relationship with him is about doing and works and all of that. Our relationship with him is about knowing him and making him known, loving him. And then from that place, we do all of those other things, ministry, impacting people, um, praying for people, all of that. But if we're doing all of the latter without first having that deep love relationship with him, it, it's pointless because I just think about the scripture that that talks about when believers will stand before him with a list of things they've done. And I've prophesied in your name. I've healed the sick. I've drove out demons. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And that is such a sobering scripture that my best friend, Anna and I talk about from time to time. Like we don't want to be 
spinning our wheels and impacting this world and making a difference without having a relationship with the Lord ourselves because it starts from that place. I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did all that I called you to. You stepped out when I asked you to. You spoke up when I asked you to. You were bold when I asked you to be. You were quiet when I asked you to be. Some of us need to hear that. I've had times when I have had something that is just like exploding in my heart that I want to say to someone and the Holy Spirit's like, no, don't you say it. And I have a few different examples I'm not going to share, but things that come to my mind right away of times when God has kind of like put his finger over my lip, like, don't say that right now. And then the time came later on when I was able to communicate that word or give that word or share whatever it was. And it was the right timing. So that's important too, that we're obedient to speak up and to be quiet. So we know that Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to speak up and a time to be quiet. So seeking his kingdom, seeking his righteousness, the first and foremost thing is just to seek relationship with him. Make sure you're investing in your relationship with God more than anyone else, more than anything else. And this is convicting for even me. I've been in a very busy season of life with work and with ministry and things. And it's very easy to put God on the back burner, even while you're doing stuff for God. And which seems like ridiculous to even say that, but it's reality. You know, how much time have I been spending in his presence? How much time have I been digging into the word for myself, not just to communicate a message or preach a message or whatever? Like, am I doing this for my own relationship with the Lord? And so that's where I want to be. I want to always be seeking his kingdom first to live with the first love passion and a zeal for him and um, just to not not run dry. So that's what I have for seeking. And then knocking, we're going to be in Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke. Okay. Luke 11, 5 through 13. Flipping there right now. Okay, so we're going to read about, this says a friend comes at midnight. And this is Jesus talking. It says, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give it to you because he is his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So the friend's coming and he's knocking. And if he would have just taken the first answer from his friend who was like, hey, I'm in bed. It's like midnight right now. Seriously, who eats at midnight anyway? And I know some of you are like midnight snackers. So you're like, that would be me. But he's coming at midnight. Like, why didn't he wait till the morning? Why didn't you come earlier? Like if you, whatever, he could have had all these excuses and he's in bed. His kids are in bed, like go away. If that person, that friend who came to the door would have just said, okay, he said no and walked away, he wouldn't have got what he asked for. But he was persistent until the point where the friend got up and gave him everything. Not only some bread, he gave him, it says, as many as he needs. Like he gave him plenty. And I think about that with persistence. Like if you are praying for something and you're believing for something from the Lord, if he's given you a promise and and whatever it is that you're believing for, maybe you're praying for salvation for your family. Maybe you're praying for whatever, whatever, some something that 
that you know is God's will that he's shown you and you just need a breakthrough for that. Maybe it's healing in your body. Maybe it's a breakthrough in your finances. Maybe it's something to do with your ministry and you're believing for something. God wants you to stay persistent, to keep pushing through until you actually see the breakthrough in it. And I've had things that I've prayed for persistently. And then because I'm in relationship with God and I've given him full access to my heart, I've had times where he's like, don't pray for that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And and it's not condemning. It's not like shameful. But because I'm in a relationship with him, like I, I want him to show me those things. If I'm praying for something that's not part of his perfect plan for me, then so be it. Change my heart, God, and show me how to pray otherwise. And so just having that relationship with him, he's going to do that for you. If you're praying for something that really isn't what he wants for you, he'll show you that. But if you're praying for something and you know and you're confident and you just have a peace in your spirit about it, God's shown you, he's spoken to you about it, stay persistent in praying for that breakthrough until it happens. Keep praying, keep standing, keep believing. And seriously, if you are on, if you're listening and there is something that you are praying for, you're believing for, whether it's a healing, and I can even share that just real quick. I had been praying for healing for myself. I had gone through a lot of emotional damage and, and mental damage. And I just kept seeking the Lord. And it wasn't like I was praying, God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. But I was persistently going before him and just seeking him and laying my heart out before him and just spending time in his presence. And sometimes that didn't look like saying anything. Sometimes it just looked like me on my knees with my hands lifted up to him, listening to worship music, tears. I, I've heard that so much lately. Sometimes our tears pray more than our words could. And it's true. And just allowing myself to be before him, to seek him with all that I, the, all that I am. Sometimes that's just laying flat on my belly and not saying a word. Although I am, I do want to say I am, I am such an advocate for speaking in faith and praying and believing and decreeing and declaring things. But some, sometimes there's a place for that. And sometimes there's a place for silence and just being in his presence. And as I continued to just do that though, and just speak life over myself, I would literally lay hands on my mind, like on top of my own head and just speak life over myself and all of those enemy lies that had been deeply rooted in me over the years, I would just like speak truth over them and, and um, cast down anything that went against the knowledge of God and, and all of those things. And man, God did a work in me. He did such a good work in me. And I remember the day that I, and I've shared it on other podcasts where I literally felt like I had the breakthrough and it wasn't, it's not even like I was expecting it that day. It wasn't, it was just me being persistent day in and day out, moment by moment, seeking him and believing him for the breakthrough. And I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know what that would feel like. And I just remember one day, and like I said, I might've shared this before you might've heard this, but I remember one day driving to work and coming up over this hill. And as I came up over the hill, the like the radiance of the sunrise just was like, oh, and I could literally feel the heaviness and the mind fog that I had been going through for probably five years, to be honest. And it just like lifted off me. And it was like, all of a sudden I could think clearly. I could see clearly. It was literally like breakthrough that I didn't even know that I was waiting for. It's so amazing. And I, I'm just so thankful for God and that he is the God who heals. He's the God of breakthrough. He's the God who sets us free. 
in every area of our lives. So all of that to say, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and actually expect that God's going to answer. And like I said, that God has been showing me, it's, it's time for us to do that, to ask like we've never asked before, to seek like we've never sought and to knock. Like we've never been knocking, like we've never knocked before to do that and, you know, come alongside each other. If we're praying for, if you're praying for something specific, I would love for you to reach out to me to message me and I will come in agreement with you for whatever you're praying for, assuming that it's God's will, obviously. Sometimes when people are like, will you pray for something? I, I, I have been known to say, well, it depends what you're asking for. I'm not going to come into agreement with anything unless I hear what it is first because some things are just obviously not God's will. But um, if you're praying and believing for something and it truly is God's heart and will, I would love to pray with you. We know that the Bible is very clear on to touching and agreeing um, as pertaining to anything on earth and it shall be done. And then there's scripture that says one could put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And there's just such power in community and unity. And so I would love to be that for you. If you are in need of prayer for anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and pray because this podcast is getting kind of long and um, I want to honor your time and and all that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. Thank you guys for listening and just so thankful for your support and all that you're doing for the kingdom and that you're doing to reach the world around you, keep it up because the world needs us to be salt and light and um, and just speak blessings over you. So Father God, I thank you so much for another opportunity to jump on this podcast, to share your word. God, I thank you for your word that is living and it is active, God, that it is sharper than any double-edged sword, God, that your word equips us and it trains us in righteousness. God, I thank you that we have access to your word, that you have given us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that when we read this word, your Holy Spirit shows us the truth of it. God, we can read it and know it and apply it. God, I pray that we would be hearers and doers of your word, that we would read your word and apply it to our lives. God, that we would live our lives in a way that honors you, that glorifies you. And God, I pray if there's anyone listening on this podcast who is praying and believing for a breakthrough of some kind, whether that's in their finances or in their body, or in their marriages, or in their relationships, whatever that looks like, God, I ask that you would just break through in those situations, God, that you would show yourself faithful, God, that you would do a mighty miracle in each and every person's life. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your love that you lavish on us, love that cannot be measured, that cannot be taken. God, you are so So good, and I love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.